You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I want to minister a message today that we all know, but I think we, we need to hear it more. And for God so loved the world. For God so loved. I want you just to remember that God loves the world. We are not in this world. We are not from this world. We don't desire the things of this world. But God loves this world. A matter of fact, He loves this world so much that He sent Jesus Christ to this earth. I think one of the first Bible verses they taught us as a child growing up was John 3.16. Let me see your hand if you know John 3.16. Yes. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through Him. God was motivated by love. The thing that motivated Him was love. I think it's Galatians 5 says, through love serve one another. Don't serve people and show them first love, then you'll automatically serve people. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus loves you. You know, God did not only come to love the world, but God is love. God is love. The fruits of the Spirit is actually love. And in love, we have the self-control. We have the long-suffering, the gentleness, the kindness. All those things are characteristics of love itself. Amen. So God did not come to judge this world. He came to save this world came to help us. He came to show us a more excellent way. Turn to the person on the other side and say, Jesus loves you. When you know that God loves you, it changes your behavior. When you, when you know somebody loves you, it changes your behavior towards them, and you know they would do anything for you when somebody loves you. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? So when we talk about God so loved the world, we're talking about relationship. This love relationship. That's why God wants us to be born of love. Because when you are born of love, you can love all people. You might be here today for healing or deliverance or breakthrough or whatever reason. And that's important, and God wants to meet those needs. But more important than having your prayer answered is maintaining your relationship with Jesus. It's all about this relationship, this love relationship that we have with God. And you don't have to run away from God. You can run to God because God loves us. Loves us so much. Turn to the person, I almost want to say behind you, but I don't know how that's going to work. Turn to a person that you've not told today and just look them in the eyes and say, Jesus loves you. When you are born of love, your heart will start to prosper. 
1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So when you are linked up with God, when you are born of love, you will start to experience prosperity in your heart. What am I talking about? A new peace that is in your heart. Assurance of salvation. An awareness of God's righteousness. A confidence that you will spend eternity with God. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding that God deposits in our heart. God has poured out His love in our heart. Because when you know that God loves you, it gives you confidence. Sometimes I meditate upon this. We are called to love as Jesus loves. We want everybody to love us the way Jesus loves us, and Jesus must love us the Jesus way. But God empowered us to always also love in the same way. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love you, but Jesus loves you more. When we look at Scripture, the greatest way to express your love is to pray for somebody. The greatest way to express your love is to pray for somebody. Let me just take it back a little bit quickly. Jesus in his word said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Who's your neighbor? Your neighbor can be anybody. Your neighbor can be from a different culture, a different nationality. Your neighbor can be from a different religion. Do you love all people? Can you see why God said, wait in Jerusalem until you've received power? Before the disciples received power, they could not minister to the people in Samaria. They judged the people in Samaria. Remember when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well? She was a woman. She was a Samaritan. They said, what's wrong with you? You're a Jew. Why are you hanging out with her? Why are you with her? Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you've received power, and then you go to Samaria. Then you'll go with a different spirit. You'll be born of love, and you'll be able to love in the same way that I love. When Jesus met with Peter, he said, Peter, I'm giving you my version, because I love you so much, you were not even aware that the devil was coming for you, wanted to take you out, wanted to sift you. But I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you. There's no greater way to express your love than to pray for somebody. What do I mean? To take that person and bring them right into the presence of God. Father, I want to pray for X, Y, and Z. They don't know you. They're different than me. They make me angry. As a matter of fact, they offend me every day. They could be from a different religion. They could be family. Am I talking to the right people here? Sometimes it's more difficult to pray for family than to pray for people you don't even know. But to come and say, Lord, I want to bring this brother... <laughs> 
before you and pray for him. Bring him into your presence, into the holy of holies, Lord. And I want to hear what heaven has to say about him. Because, Lord, the things that I'm thinking, it's not from heaven. I want to bless him. Let your light shine upon him. Bring peace into his life. Bless him. Keep him healthy. Keep him strong. Open doors for him. Am I talking to the right people here? If we truly say that we love people, pray for them. If you love your pastors, pray for us. Amen. We need your prayers like you need our prayers. Amen. Look at this. Let me show you quickly. Go to John 17. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Verse 20. Look at Jesus here. He says, I do not pray for these alone. So he's praying for his disciples that are there. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me. Family, just think about this. More than 2,000 years ago already, Jesus was praying for you and me. Let me rephrase this quickly. How would your attitude change towards the situation and the circumstances that you are facing right now if you heard Jesus praying for you on that side of the wall? How would your walk change? How would your attitude change? How would your speech change if you heard Jesus praying for you and your situation right now? That's how it should change because Jesus is praying for you right now. Amen? He was praying for you. Yes, give the Lord a hand. If he was praying for you 2,000 years ago, he's still praying for you today because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, that you have loved them as you have loved me. Jesus loves you but more important than that god the father loves you as much as he loves jesus turn to the person next to you say jesus loves you turn to the person on the other side say the father loves you and now tell yourself god the father loves me as much as he loves jesus he said the glory which the Father has given me, I'm giving it to you. It's that ability to forgive, that ability to love. Why? So that we can be one. Because where there's unity, God demands a blessing. When the world can look and see that we love each other, they'll believe. Who of you have been offended by somebody in the church? Raise your hand nice and I. Who of you have been offended by somebody in the church and that person is here today? 
Let me see your hand. Okay, just double blink at me. Don't raise your hand. Amen. Luke 17 says, offense will come to everybody. So you can be as spiritual as you want to. Offense will come to everybody. But what do you do with that offense? Does it become your enemy? And you start harboring offense and bitterness and resentment? Or does it become your friend and you run to Jesus and you say, help me. Forgive me. Am I talking to the right people here? Let me just see how many got offended with people in the church. <laughs> church is not perfect, amen? Church is not perfect. Turn to the person next to you say, the church is not perfect. That's why I have to forgive you like you have to forgive me. God's love is greater than your heart. When we have to pray for people, when we have to pray for ourselves, what is the first thing that happens? Oftentimes your heart condemns you. Your heart condemns you. But 1 John 3 teaches us, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Verse 19 says, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall ensure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. So when you want to pray, who of you, you really wanted to pray and as you wanted to pray, your heart condemns you and you think, I've done that wrong. I've messed up there again. Am I talking to the right people here? Jesus says, my love is greater than your heart that wants to condemn you. Don't look at what you've done wrong. Look at what Jesus has done right on the cross when your heart wants to condemn you. Because what he has done on the cross, demonstrating his love, laying down his life, is greater than any mistake that you can make. So when you want to pray and your heart condemns you, don't look at what you've done wrong. Look at the great love, the greatest sacrifice that was made on the cross. Amen? Turn to the person that you say, God's love is greater than your heart. God's love is greater than our hearts. It's something to think about. It's something to meditate upon. How many times does your heart want to condemn you when you want to pray? When your heart wants to condemn you when you want to pray, don't look at your mistakes and your failures and where you come from. Look to the cross where love was demonstrated. The price was paid in full. Amen. Turn to the person next to you say, I love you. And Jesus loves you even more. Can I just say, never doubt God's love while you're waiting for a prayer to be answered. Daniel had to wait 21 days before the angel came. And when the angel met with him, the angel said, greatly beloved, greatly beloved. So when there's a delay while you are waiting for the prayer to be answered, never doubt God's love for you. Amen? Never doubt God's love for you. I often get this question. Is God angry with us? Is God angry with me? Don't raise your hand, just double blink at me if I'm talking to the right people. Ever felt like 
you're praying, 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 and things haven't changed. God, are you angry with me? That's the attack of the enemy because he will attack this love relationship for you to start to doubt. But the Bible teaches us that all of sin, all of God's wrath was placed upon Jesus Christ. When it was placed upon Jesus Christ, what did the Father say? Jesus said, my Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? The Father looked away and his eyes was not upon Jesus anymore because he was clothed with all of mankind's sin. He says, my Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? He went through that process so that you and me never have to be forsaken. Listen to me, family. All of sin has been dealt with on the cross. So if you make a mistake, just run to Jesus. Just run to Jesus and say, please forgive me. But the mistake that we make is we run away from love instead of running to love. He says, if you are heavy laden, if the burden has become too much, just come to me. You know, in times like that, you have to remind yourself that it was the love of God that motivated God to send Jesus to this earth for you and me. When the enemy came against Paul and attacked him in this way, you know what his reply was? Romans 8 verse 32, it says, He who did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him freely and graciously give us all other things? If he did not withhold Jesus, why will he withhold anything from you? I often think God loved us when we didn't even know that we needed his love. God died for us when we didn't even know that we needed a savior. Never let your situation determine how you feel. But be assured that God loves you at all times. Even if you're going through a difficult time, even if you're a Daniel in the lion's den, if you're a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going through a fiery furnace, know that God loves you. Amen? God is not angry with you. Can I have one amen? <laughs> Let me say it again. God is not angry with you. All of sin, all of the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus. So whenever you feel like that, look to Jesus where the price was paid. Galatians 3.13 says, He absorbed the curse. He became a curse so that we can experience the blessings of God. We sometimes need to realize what God did, what Jesus did. When he died, he became sin, clothed with all of mankind's sin, and he went to hell. Went to hell in your place and my place. The Bible says that he was for, there for three days, covered with the sin of all of mankind. The worst of sins, the most evil things, everything that you've done wrong in the past and everything that you're still going to do in the future, on him. And he was there. 
can you imagine the love of a holy God allowing His holy Son to be clothed with sin so that there can be hope for you and me? And after three days, God the Father said, it's enough. He never sinned. He became sin. He never sinned. He became sin. Death, you cannot keep him in hell. Holy Spirit, go down into hell. Disconnect him from all that sin. Sanctify him. Make him holy. Make him righteous. And let him come to me. And Jesus became the firstborn of God the Father. That's why when we confess with our mouths the love of Christ that he was prepared to die for us, the love of the Holy Spirit that he was prepared to go into hell and disconnect Jesus from sin and raise him to life. When you confess with your mouth Jesus died, you confess that he raised him from the dead and you believe it with your heart. Confession is made unto salvation, but in our hearts we believe unto righteousness. And you become born again. You become born of love. That same love that sent Jesus to the cross, the same love of the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead, you become one with that. That's the love of God. Romans 5 verse 10 says actually, while we hated him, while we were his enemy, Go to Romans 5 verse 10 quickly. I want you to underline that. It's not when you were his friend, because when you're somebody's friend, you'll still make a sacrifice. When you love somebody, you're still prepared to die for them. But the Bible says, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. It is much more certain now that we are reconciled, that we shall be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. Oh, my word. That's it. When you were his enemy, he loved you. That's why now when we've got God's ability, we can love our enemies. Am I talking to the right people here? We can bless those that curse us. We can pray for those who despitefully use us because we are born of love. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13 says that out of all of these things, love is the greatest Love is the greatest sacrifice. And God who is love became that sacrifice for us. God's love is centered around his character. It's who he is. He loves us. He loves you. Amen? Nothing is stronger than God's love. Nothing. Paul says in Romans 8, What is there that can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Nothing. Is it trials? Is it persecutions? Is it difficulties? I mean, what is the thing that you are facing right now that's making you doubt the love of God? Because that's what the enemy will do. The enemy will say, if God loves you, why are you praying so long and nothing has changed? If God loves you, why haven't he changed this in your life? Am I talking to the right people here? Just wave at me. Turn to the person next to you and say, God loves you. 
In Romans 8.35, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. It says, Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish His love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. As you get ready for 2024, I want you to be assured in your heart that God loves you. God's love is unrelenting. It's unstoppable. It's unimaginable. Where man's love stops God's love only starts. That's the question that Jesus asked Peter. He says, do you love me? He was saying, agape. He says, I'm loving you unconditionally. How are you loving me? He says, I'm loving you phileo as a friend. You know what friends, when your friend is, when you're nice to me, I'm nice to you. Hmm? But Jesus says, I love you unconditionally. So when God said in the word, for God so loved the world, He's actually citing and showing us how pure His love is towards us. That when we hated Him, He loved us with a perfect love. There's nothing that you can do that can make God to stop love you. A matter of fact, let me tell you what will be one of the most terrible things one day. Is when all meet with God and those that have not accepted Him as Savior will look into His loving eyes and see a God that loves them unconditionally. But they've not chosen Him. Can you imagine? That must be terrible to know that God loves you unconditionally, that He was not angry with you, but He loved you. You can see that in His eyes, but you've walked away from it. In conclusion, let me just close with this. God cherishes your company. He appreciates your love like we appreciate His love. Whatever you are going through, whatever difficulty you are facing, remind yourself, God loves me. God loves me unconditionally. And that gives me access into the Holy of Holies when I accept the blood of Christ. When I accept that sacrifice, when I accept the love of God manifested on the cross, when I accept that, wow, unconditional love. That's why, young people, you cannot marry somebody that's not a Christian because it's just not fair. Because you can love them with the love of Christ, but they can only love you with their souls. It's going to be great for them because you can love them like Jesus loves. But they won't be able to do it back. That's just one reason. Apart from being unequally yoked and all the things that goes with it. But just when it comes to loving. Marry somebody that loves Jesus that can love you like Jesus loves you. Can I have an amen? Amen. You may make mistakes. Run to Jesus. You may fall, get up, and run to Jesus. Jesus' arms on the cross are always open to receive any and 
everybody that wants to come to him. And we, when we make a mistake, we can run into his loving arms. A matter of fact, Jesus is the only friend of sinners. I mean, he's the only savior that they have. That's why we have to run to him. Because he'll forgive immediately. God loves you more than what you love yourself. God loves you more than what you love yourself. He loved you before you were even born. He was mindful of you. That's why the psalmist says, Who, who's man that you are mindful of him? That you are thinking good and loving thoughts towards us, Lord. If you're sinful and you've made mistakes, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. That's what the wise do. They run to Jesus. I'm going to close with this. Take some time this December and just meditate. You know the verse. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. Doesn't matter what you are going through, Jesus loves you. Don't let your situation make you doubt the love of God. When your situation or circumstances or mistakes want to condemn your heart, look to Jesus at the cross where he demonstrated his love and know that that love is greater than whatever you're feeling in your heart. That love is greater than your heart. And just allow the love of God to fill your heart. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.